Uh, so glad everyone is here and uh, getting to connect and say hi to one another, um, catch up on our weeks and stuff, and uh, it's good to be church together uh, every once in a while and gather and worship corporately and uh, share life together. Um, there's a lot of times when I feel isolated during my day, but I count how many hours or how many things I do on my own, but I'm in my own thoughts. And so it's really good to be sometimes even forced to interact, you know, and say hi and share what are the most exciting things in my life. Uh, it's good to see people and have to laugh and, and smile. Um, we, we are continuing our Advent series. We are waiting. We are waiting for Jesus Christ. We are waiting for God, our Savior. We are waiting for um, our hope. We are waiting for our help. And God is all of these things. And we wait in anticipation together as a family, as a body, um, for the coming of the Lord. Because He comes, He will come and heal. He will come and set free. He will come and uphold. He will come and lift up. He will come and watch over us. He will come and sustain us. He will come and frustrate the ways of the wicked um, and uplift those who are crying out, those who need a home, those who are lost and outside. And we wait for God. And because we are waiting, this is the source of our praise. This is the source of our worship. And we've been talking about how do we wait actively? How do we wait hopefully? How do we wait proactively? And one of the ways that we wait um, and not just sit is through the act of praise. Right? Praise and worship. And so uh, we're, we're going to read through a psalm, uh, part of a psalm today, Psalm 146, 5 through 10. And just listen as I read the scripture and take it in and we'll go from there. Psalm 146, 5 through 10. And this is uh, from the NIV. <laughs> Blessed are those who help, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this whole psalm can be summed up in the very last line. It's an imperative, a command. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this might take us aback a little bit, especially in our culture, right? Someone is commanding or demanding in the imperative, you praise the Lord right now. Praise the Lord. What, would, what do you think our response would be? A typical response. Especially if you're not having a good day. 
I don't feel like praising the Lord, right? I don't want to praise the Lord. You can't make me praise the Lord. You can't make me feel like I want to worship God. You can't make me come in here and sing songs, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And in our Advent reading today, uh, I think it was Susanna read a little bit about joy. Joy uh, that surpasses just mere happiness. Joy um, is not attached necessarily to circumstances. If things are going good, then we're happy. If things are going bad, we're not happy. But joy is attached to who God is and what God is doing for us. He's caring for us. He's saving for us. He's being with us. Uh, amen? Joy is attached to who God is. And so is praise. Praise is our response to God the Creator, God the Father. So, last night, uh, while I was sermon prepping, I was sermon pre prepping, and uh, part of this prepping, okay, included about an hour's worth of watching YouTube, watching these playlists of the most surprising, most inspirational, most emotional auditions of shows like X Factor, America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent. And every so often, don't judge, right? Don't judge. We all need a little catharsis. We all need a, need a cry sometimes. Um, every once in a while, like last night, I like to be moved. I like to be moved and inspired emotionally. Call it sentimentality, but hey, I need it, right? I need it because sometimes I'm cynical. This world is cynical enough. There's enough airtime given to uh, realism, being real. We exist in our heads far too much. We stress the numbers. We stress the facts, the details. We stress about the deadlines, whether or not this will work out, whether this is feasible or not. How will we get this thing done? We stress about the holidays. I stress about when I'm eating too much, right, from Thanksgiving on to Christmas, oh my gosh, I'm eating so much, so much sweets, so much protein, um, so I worry about my weight, and, um, and I think a lot of us exist in the default mode of incredulity, I-N-C-R-E-D-U-L-I-T-Y, can't pronounce it right now, someone say it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, most of the time, uh, when it comes to the out of the ordinary or the extraordinary, and uh, we usually want, we usually don't want to be surprised or moved by emotion too much, right? Because it feels a bit uncomfortable or out of control. Um, but I'm human, so I like to go on YouTube. Especially, the thing that like, really gets me is someone who comes up on stage and everyone's kind of like, I don't know about this person. They don't look the part. They don't look like they can sing. They don't look like they, they're not carrying themselves with confidence. And you can see Simon Cowell. Like, everyone's keyed on Simon. His, you know, 
furrowed brow? Is he going to just rip on this person? Is he going to be mean? Is he going to be harsh? And the whole audience is tense. And then this person just belts out, like, this little girl belting out like Christina Aguilera style, right? Just a big voice. And the whole crowd just, right, starts clapping. And Simon's eyes gets up and you see that twinkle in his eye and he just kind of smirks and laughs. And I just start to cry. Like, I get teardrops. And I, I think I'm addicted to that. Like, I feel like my heart is melting. I believe. I'm inspired. Right? And we need to allow ourselves to be inspired. We need to allow ourselves to be moved. We need to praise the Lord. Right? And I imagine the psalmist is saying, praise the Lord. And he's getting so excited about who he feels God is that he can't help but write it out or blurt it out. Listen to this list. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the father, fatherless and the widow and frustrates the ways of the wicked. This is my God. This is the Lord. So praise the Lord. He reigns. He's sovereign. He's authoritative. And no matter what place you find yourself in, what a, no matter what situation or what hole you find yourself in, or no matter um, how we can look at our city, our nation, and say, oh my gosh, what a mess. How depressing. How sad a state we're in. Nevertheless, this is where praise rests. The rest and the nevertheless in our lives, right? Nevertheless, God is the maker of heavens and earth. Right? Can you go to the scripture? Next scripture, yeah. God has made you. He is maker. Personally, if you are feeling in a hard place, remember, He is your creator. He is your maker. He upholds you. He sets you free. He gives you sight when you go blind. He lifts you up when you can bow down. He watches over you when you feel estranged. He sustains you. And when people are against you or evil overwhelms you, he frustrates evil. He reigns. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. According to the psalmist, we are blessed because God is our help. We are blessed because God is our hope. We are blessed because God is our help. We are blessed because God is our hope. God is always worthy of our praise. 
but he is most praised by us when we are vulnerable, when we are open, and when our hearts are dependent. To need help is to be open and vulnerable. To hope is to be open and vulnerable. And when we need and when we hope in God, who is the maker of the heavens and the earth, we are blessed. And just reading through those first lines of we are blessed, blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, blessed are those whose hope is the Lord their God. This is echoed in the Gospels, right? The Gospel of Matthew, this famous, Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are the vulnerable. Blessed are those who need. And blessed are those whose hope is in God. And that is the pathway to praise. Openness, hope, vulnerability, need. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. At the core of our worship is a vulnerable response to the power and sovereignty and goodness of God. And one of the most powerful expressions of worship for us as human beings is praise, right? Is praise. That's why the Psalms are so loved and beloved, right? That they are both real, right? They both grasp the reality of suffering, the reality of struggle, the reality of being frustrated with God, the reality of uh, living in fear, the reality of anxiety, the reality of injustice, and yet the psalmist praises. Um, and a lot of times these psalms are to be set to music, right? Praise with music. Music is beautiful. And uh, I think about in scripture, when David was in the court of King Saul, right, King Saul would all of a sudden get these dark clouds. Right? He'd get angry and start throwing spears at his court. And people were like living in fear, like, oh no, here comes one of those moods. Right? Saul's getting the dark cloud, his furrow's brown, he's going crazy. And David's job was he had the harp or the lyre or whatever. Played music and it softened in the moment. It softened Saul's heart. And now it's one of those questions what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Right? Is it uh, when we feel like praising God that we are most able to praise? Right? Or is it when we are caught up? in communal praise, right? In spite of where our heart is at, right? But we praise, we sing the words that our heart begins to change, right? We're, our hearts are changed by praise. Are you with me? And I think that's why the psalmist can make this an imperative, a command. Praise the Lord, 
That's part of who you are, is to praise. And when you praise God, the Holy Spirit, the collective voices move you, inspire you. Just like when I watched Britain's Got Talent, right? And that six-year-old girl sings and every, Simon Cowell's crying, right? Because he's moved, right? Move, praise moves our spirit, right? Music changes our heart. And as we sing the words, we begin to believe. We begin to live into the words that we sing. So one, one good exercise in discipline is when we're singing in worship to actually like consider the words. And I, I know we do. I know we believe what we're singing when we sing it. Um, but sometimes to just really like absorb the words. What am I singing? And, and to absorb the reality of who God is through our words. Amen? Praising the Lord is a protest. It's a protest to the world's cynicism. To our own cynicism. Praising the Lord is an anthem and mantra in the midst of struggle. In the midst of suffering. In the midst of all that is not right in the world and in our lives. Praise is our song together to push through, to push forward to live with vision, to live with hope. We sing because we feel in awe of God. We sing in order to feel in awe of God. When we don't initially feel anything or are feeling grumpy or mad or even downright rebellious, praise the Lord. Our praise is also a light and witness to the world, a witness to the good news, a witness to the power and love and grace of Jesus Christ, our praise is an act of leadership. <coughs> a banner of hope in a world desperate for meaning, for direction, for light. When we praise and when we live lives of praise, we become a community bent, uh, bent upward and bent outward to God and to the world. Uh, a side note, in one of my seminary classes, um, we would read Bonhoeffer and talk about Bonhoeffer and his kind of, he was in the States, but he felt compelled, during, this is during Nazi Germany, he felt compelled to return to Germany and set, set like be a prophetic witness of that. This is the true gospel. What the Nazis are talking about what Hitler is espousing is not the gospel. It's a twisting of the gospel, right? And so um, there's lots uh, there's lots about the swastika, and it's it, it's yeah, it, it has its roots in history actually in Buddhism. It's not necessarily in other religions. Not necessarily a bad thing, but the swastika in the Nazi sense. Uh, if you take a cross and you bend that cross inward. That's a swastika. And our praise is supposed to be a prophetic witness to the world of who God is. Like, this is our praise. When we live the cruciform life, 
music inspires and moves the soul, that brings forth emotion, it unifies, it communicates. Let yourself be inspired. Let yourself be moved in this great place and praise the Lord. God, thank you so much for your word and thank you for the challenge. Uh, the challenge uh, to open our hearts and receive who you are and to lean into you. Uh, lean into you in independence and hope and vulnerability. Uh, and in that meaning, that we grow into praise, singing praise to you. May uh, the words of these songs that come out of our lips, that touch our lips, uh, connect to the depths of our hearts, and may we be inspired and moved uh, to be more like you, to be 